Hey friends, welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Hey everyone, I'm Victor Marks, your host for this new show, and today we're airing the conclusion of my interview with Sarah Jane Vegas. Now this is just a reminder, if you actually would like to see the full version of this interview, you can check it out on our YouTube channel. Just search for Victor Marks, that's with an X, on YouTube. Now, just a brief introduction of our guest today. Sarah Jane is a survivor of human sex trafficking from France. She is the founder of Stand for Justice, a nonprofit organization that exists to inspire committed people around the world who will stand against sexual exploitation, expose the lies of the industry, and really reach out to anyone who's trapped in it. You can find out more at standforjustice.org. That's stand, the number four, justice.org. Today, we pick up the conversation with Sarah Jane, sharing her incredible story of how she escaped her captors. Now, let's get to the conclusion of our interview now on this edition of the Victor Mark Show. Now, how did you get out? So, she, she ended up like she was taking me in the south of France, introduced me to very rich people, same things were happening there. And I think she had chosen a pimp for me there. But we had to go back in because uh, she had told me, oh, this guy's going to be your boyfriend. And we all know now yeah. that boyfriend. what it means. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, when I, she brought me back to Belgium and I had someone that was driving me everywhere and sleeping in bed at me, always being with me. And I, I fell in love with him yes. because he was not trying to have sex with me. Right. He was giving me affection. I felt like he was protecting me. They were, perfect. They were only protecting their merchandise. Right. But I didn't know that, you know. And it's it, to help people understand... It's easy to fall in love mm-hmm. with a man or a woman, for that matter, if you feel protected or valued. It's or all loved. I've been wanting my whole life. Right? I'm 19 years old. I'm laying down next to him, and he's giving me affection. Mm-hmm. Was I trying to have sex? That was the first time in my life something I was craving. Sorry. This is harder when people expect violence to be harder. I think I preferred being beat up. Yeah. That. Um, having someone manipulate you and use your vulnerability of the desire to be loved and known by a man, by your father, or by someone to protect you. And they used that. I was so vulnerable. They used that. They knew I wanted it. I needed it. And so he used that. He didn't beat me up. He loved me. And fake love. Um, And that was what trapped me completely. And he loved me for months, being so sweet. I was Mm -hmm. uh, dancing at a strip club. In Belgium, every weekend, and the people that owned it like were like parents to me. Mm. I loved them so much. They were older. I didn't have to have sex with anyone. Well, they were just grooming me to, to sell me. And uh, what happened is that I was going there every weekend, really loved them. They were speaking Italian. Okay. Uh, pimps were coming inside the club, but I didn't know what a pimp was. Right. So I saw there was just women that work in prostitution and have someone, uh, you know, that manage them but right. it's like uh, not not hurting them nothing like that but they were controlling me don't give your phone number don't do anything mm. and so after a few months of manipulations and being nice to me even though they were already exploiting me and keeping me awake Thursday to Sunday mm. uh, one day um, I go back home and my boyfriend 
started against the process of breaking me further and starting to be violent and breaking stuff in the house. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. Like, I obeyed everything. I don't know what's going on. So I went into my bathroom, wanted to kill myself, and I felt the prayers of my mom in, in coming in a room. I can't explain wow. why and how, what it meant, but I just felt it. And I said, God, I have that, that you will. And God said, like, what does that cost you to cry out to me? Either you can live or you can die now. Wow. And so I cried to Jesus. And um, the prayers that I had prayed to God at the age of nine, the first time I gave my life to Jesus, came back to me. Started singing the same worship song, crying, having a moment with God, and said, God, I rejected you. And I don't even know if you really exist. But if you do, I ask you to take my life to get, to take my life, and I will use me for your glory, like if you can get me out of there. It's mm-hmm. way longer than that, the story. But know, yeah. um, my desire to kill myself left, but you don't get out of trafficking like that, you know. Right. The three following weeks, I'll, I almost died a few times. Like, I had to go dance, and I fell off the stage. So I fell off the, the bar, and my neck went on the border of the stage. I oh. should have died of how violent the, sh- yeah. the fall broke was. broke your neck. And I felt something like lifting me up. I don't know why. It was so like crazy. The following week, they were drugging me and they gave me more drugs. And I ended up like, I think I had an overdose because I ended up passing out. And I, I was like gone for like 15, day, 15 um, minutes. And um, when I came back, I was screaming like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, I don't know where I went, but I'm so grateful I came back. And they didn't even call an ambulance. They didn't care. I, if I had died that night, I would have been put in a ditch somewhere. And my mom would not even know where I am. And so that was like the second week. And the third week, and um, I go back to work. And I, the lady that was like a mom to me, she said after I danced, I'm going to bring you back to France to my boyfriend. And um, all the locks were changed. Mm. And um, I'm like, that's weird. And I go in with her. And she never did that. So I go in with her. And she said, my boyfriend looked at me and he said, you go with her now. I'm like, you know, they shifted their personality. Oh, like that. Like that. It's like you had something, so, someone that you love to out of nowhere being like a monster. Like almost right. you have a demon in front of you. Right. And um, I remember her taking me and shaking me and say, uh, you have to be strong. And you come with me now. And now they brought mm. me back to Belgium, locked me in the house, sexually abused me. They were breaking me like, to, and they were getting ready to send me to Italy. And um, I remember praying. I never have clothes on. I only had the underwear they had put on me. I'm bruised up, drugged up. Just to, for you to understand, my only my life was left, you know? I said, Jesus, again, like, if you're real, you're the only one that can get me out of there. And um, I tried to escape from the back, but everything was completely blocked. I couldn't. I went up into the bathroom, and I remember looking outside, like, if I jump, I'm going to break my leg. They're going to catch, catch me. I can't. And so I had to pass in front of the room where the traffickers were and. And I remember praying, I'm like, oh God, like, again, you're the only one that can get me out of there. And I walked in front of the room, they didn't even see me, which is a complete miracle. I went downstairs, and I remember the front door was always locked. There's no way you get out. And I remember being in front and said, Jesus, if you're the real, you're the only one that can open that door. And the door opened. I was able to run for my life. <laughs> like, it's insane, but I ran. I ran, like, I ran with my... No shoes on, like, just my life. Like, I ran in the middle of a big road. It was not, like, a freeway, but it was a big road. It was, like, there's trucks. There were, like, big cars. There was a motorcycle. Nobody stopped. They all got scared of seeing me in the middle of the road. And I remember, like, running until I got into a bakery. And then the police find me, but I was scared of the police. Because mm-hmm. one of the big clients at the club was a judge, like, yep. a, in the strip club. And so I remember, like, them telling me, hey, you know, that guy is a judge. It's hard. They want you to know. If you're trying to like, 
<laughs> and then police officers. So guys that came with like the hat, the police like in Belgium. And so in my mind, I'm like, the police isn't going to help me. It's just right. going to send me back. And then they didn't speak French. Nobody gave me a translator. They didn't put clothes on me. They treated me like... Did you have a passport on you? I didn't have nothing on me. I was like almost naked. Like I only have the underwear they had on me. Nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, for people to understand, there are judges, there are police that are crooked Mm -hmm. and dirty. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's why it's fearful for girls that are caught up in trafficking Mm -hmm. to think, well, just run to the police. Mm -hmm. And there's a reasonable fear of that. When you're praying and crying and just going, Lord, help me get out. Not all girls have the miracle you had, did you? My mom was praying for me. See, I always say, like, you know, people imagine, like, the SWAT team to come and rescue you, you know. I mean, we need people like you guys to go come and rescue us. But um, I feel like my mom's prayers sent angels as a SWAT team to get me out. (laughs) That's what happened. I, I will say this. There are a lot of people when they hear about counter sex trafficking and they have art, they want to go kick indoors. You know, they want to do the taken and be the mm-hmm. uh, Liam Neeson. But the reality, the most important thing people can do is pray. Yes. So you're running down the street. You're in your just basically your body. You're under. You're afraid to go to police. What well, what happened? So the police uh, took me in and started to ask questions, but I couldn't understand what was going on. I was super high on the drugs they had given me too, so I was like, super "What do you scared. think they were giving you?" I have no idea. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it's to make you be compliant. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was super weak, and then um, I remember like them like trying to ask me questions, but they didn't speak my language. They had to find a a translator, but they brought me into the hospital, and then they did like check. You know, they saw bruises and stuff, but. You know, you're looking for rape, but it's like if someone is being like, uh, you won't find, um, yeah. I don't know how to explain it, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it's just, you Physically, it's, it's, it's not going to be a rape kit. Yes, that, so that, that doesn't work because yeah. they, they were just doing whatever they wanted to, so I, I couldn't fight back, so you're not going to see those marks. Right. I mean, you saw bruises on me, but not like, you right. couldn't just show more. And then um, they were asking me a question, and... Uh, they put me in a hospital alone in a room. Never do that. Never leave a girl alone. Why? Because I attempted suicide. Okay. Um, I, first I could hear, like, there was this battle in my head, like, that, you like, kill yourself, kill yourself. I kept hearing it. And because I felt like they knew where my mom lives. Yeah, yeah. Even not scary for me when I share my story because they know where my mom lives. They know my family and... It's, um, I really felt like, wow, like if I kill myself first, they won't hurt anyone. Yeah. So um, I tried to attempt suicide. I remember taking the card of the TV and like, just, you know, like struggling myself. And when I was passing out, I heard a cry coming out of my womb and I have no idea why. And you know, this is funny how my name is Sarah, Sarah Jane. God gave my name to my mom. And he said it would be a prophetic sign. And it's mother of multitude of nations. Okay. When I scream, I did not scream. And God is my witness. I did not scream. A, a scream came out of my womb. And it was God, the Holy Spirit, that just screamed out of me so they could hear that I was passing out. So out of your stomach, out of your inner being. A scream came out. Yeah. And so they heard it. And I was already past that sound. Just remember opening my eyes when they removed the, and when they got, yeah, the cord and it just passed out right back um they uh, my mom 
when I had the phone, I had time to text my mom and say, mom, I love you, but I'm going to die. And uh, so she's trying to find where I was called mm-hmm. and ev- everything. And so she was able to, and I think that's what saved me too, that they didn't send me back, was because my mom was calling everywhere. Wow. So they knew that someone wow. was, uh, knew that something was happening. Yeah. And so she, I woke up from the, in, you know, f- in a rob of restriction. Mm-hmm. And uh, the police was there asking a me straight questions. Jacket straight jacket for those, jacket. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, they, um, and you know, like it's so. A robe of restriction. I just got that. call that, that in French. That's very funny. Yeah, I'm going to get you a robe of <laughs> restriction. Don't worry Sorry. about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the police was, were asking me questions. And um, I don't remember all the details, but my mom told me they were hiding me in the hospital so she couldn't find me. She had to, she ran everywhere looking Whoa. for me. Uh, she opened the door and she found me with the police. And she said that I was screaming. Uh, don't say anything, don't say anything. Wow. I was so scared that they would kill my mom. Like, yeah. that's why we don't talk. We don't know if you're here to help me. And now it's why, like, I love police officers. I love law enforcement. Mm. I love the military. I love everybody. But we need to work together because those girls don't trust you. They don't mm. know. And there's very good people, but there's also very bad people. And so the good people need to say, like, when I have a girl that's there, I need to get a survivor leader. I need to get someone that went through it to sit down with me during the time, if it's possible, when you're talking with the girls. The girl's going to talk if we're there. Mm. Maybe not directly, but it will help. Right. And so... Got really scared. Um, they let me go. My mom had brought clothes, and um, they let me go out. And I remember, like, coming out of the... Um, it's funny, too, because the two people that came to help my mom from my church were former Muslims that got saved. Wow. And so the son wow. was checking around, making sure nobody was there to he, come and help me. the deal. And so he uh, went inside the car, and uh, the peace of God fell on me. Mm. And I tried drugs, and, you know, I had drugs and everything. Never I got that. Like, mm. And I felt the peace of heaven falling on me. And I remember sitting in the, in the car in the back, and I said, can you imagine what just happened to me? And the lady, that the former Muslim woman, said, like, um, don't worry, you're in security right now. And I remember hearing the voice of God tells me, you cried out to me three weeks before in the bathroom. He said, I heard your cry, and I rescue you from all your trouble. That's a Bible verse, like in a psalm. If you cry out to me, I will rescue you, and you will give me glory. And I heard that, and then I, I fell asleep. I slept for days. They brought me back to France in my mom's house. And a man from my mom's uh, church came, and uh, a few, I don't know how long after, because I was so yeah. out of it. And I remember sitting on the sofa, and completely destroyed, like, you know. Oh, yeah. And uh, he looks at me, and the first thing he says, and I don't recommend that to people, but it was yeah. definitely Holy Spirit. Always listen to Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. He looked at me, and he said, first thing, do you believe in Jesus? Mm-hmm. In the bathroom, I said, God, I doubt. Mm-hmm. In the house, I said, God, I doubt. And it was Jesus saying, do you believe me now? And he said, I said, yes. And I didn't know what was going to happen, but I said, yes. And uh, he said, can I pray for you? And as a powerful, like, black man, powerful man of God, you know. Mm -hmm. um, And he put his hands on me, I prayed. And I remember having an open vision of the veil in the Bible that opened into. Yeah. And I I got completely convicted of sin. There was Sarah Jane before that and Sarah Jane after that moment. I cried out to God, asked for forgiveness for my sins that... Things I didn't even know were sins, like two mm. seconds before, like, oh. uh, got set free of drugs. We went back to get my stuff uh, from the police in Belgium, and there was drugs inside. Didn't even look in the bag, didn't like, because they were able to go back to, they found out that the club was uh, where I got out of. Mm-hmm. And so they went back to get my stuff, okay? 
Uh, so they told us that they had the stuff that they got back from the club. But they didn't do more like investigation or right. nothing. So when I went back over there, got the bag, just to tell you they didn't do investigation, they didn't even look in the bags. Okay? There was drugs inside. Mm. And so um, we got to the police, they give me the bags and go. No question, nothing, just go. So we left uh, with them and I had drugs in the bag and I took the drugs, throw it out of the window. Never mm. touched drugs, drugs wow. again. It's been 12 years since I got wow. out. And uh, the traffickers tried to get back into my life, you know, trying to see what I knew, what I, um, and God protected me from them. And that's a long story, but yeah, they protected me from them. And what I got back, I told my mom, mom, give me a trash bag, give me scissors. And my mom is like, why? Like, just put things in the trash. And I'm like, mom, I, st- I want to destroy it because I want to make sure that nobody uses all the stripper clothes, all the... And I was expensive stuff that I really liked, you know. And I was like, no. And I remember creating it. And I still don't know what trafficking is, okay? Mm-hmm. I know I've been abused, but I've been abused a long time. <laughs> so right. You don't know you have a word for it. You don't know you don't, you're not the only one. And so I, uh, I was creating everything. And while creating it, I was feeling chains falling off of my hands. And it's so weird because I didn't know that was a spirit of slavery. But God allowed in me to feel it because he knew my calling. I needed to understand it. And uh, I remember like stealing all the Bibles in the, in the house and like reading the Bibles, preaching the gospel to everybody. Oh my but when I went back to church, I ran. I ran to the church. People were like, why are you walking so fast? I'm like, you have no idea where I'm coming from. And oh. the pastor was like, I'm going to have to baptize you first in the next baptism because if not you're gonna jump in the water like it's like and yeah i went to bible school in paris a year after that by faith uh no money i just got tommy go i went and uh started uh you know having my healing journey and counseling every month every monday and um every morning for an hour alone with god i was praying and i had lost my memory for a year like um blocked it out my mom's like you don't remember anything? I'm just like, I, no, like I realized and I didn't know that I needed to be freed from all those things uh, also spiritually and mm-hmm. uh, emotionally, like physically, I needed that. And so during those counseling session and me spending time with God an hour every day and writing down in my journal, God started to remind me all those things. Mm. And I remember in counseling, like sharing my story a little bit, but I was talking about abuse, like, hey, I went for coffee. Right. I was going, <laughs> people like, going, <laughs> Yeah, my counselors are like, they knew directly that was yeah. trafficking. But me, I was like completely not oh. not knowing it. And um, they prayed, they prayed. They might have been fasting too, I think. Yeah, but they, right. they prayed, they're like, God, she has to understand what's going on. Like mm. she's completely naive, not understanding what happened. And um, so they were praying. And uh, for a week, they told me. Uh, and they said, Sarah Jane, do you realize like what happened to you? And I had shared like just a little bit, not everything yet. And I heard myself, the Holy Spirit spoke through my mouth. You know that I had never heard about the term sex trafficking? Mm. Never heard about it. Mm. Came out of my mouth. Wow. And they they was crying. They're like, yeah, God told us and you were not seeing it. And so I remember crying and then doing research and being like, oh my gosh, like this is what happened to me. Like I didn't know. And, and just, um, like it was insane, like realizing like, well, this is not my fault. They were grooming me the whole time. They knew exactly what they were doing. I'm not the only girl to who they did it. My only guilt was to be a vulnerable young woman that had been abused and was seeking love and safety. And I didn't know that only Jesus could do it. You know, only Jesus was my love and safety. And, I, you know, I tried to escape. You know, I escaped from my mom's house in a way with my boyfriend. Then I escaped from my boyfriend. I went to that girl's house. Then I escaped from her and I went to that guy's house. And then I escaped from the house. But that first time, 
That was the first time I escaped to Jesus. Mm. And that's what made the whole difference. Listening to your story, uh, I have, my eyes are starting to leak here. <laughs> and uh, it must be allergies. Because <laughs> uh, you're able to so amazingly articulate your journey, really to hell and back. Mm. And there are people now relating to your story in varying degrees, mm-hmm. right? And someone doesn't have to be go to the extreme trafficking that you did to realize they need to run to Jesus. Mm-hmm. They didn't escape to him because of it is a spiritual war. It is. That's going on for people's souls and addictions. or uh, And if you hear that dog, these are security dogs, so this is our world. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You really articulate so well the need for everyone to turn to Christ. Mm -hmm. And and I hope this this gives people an understanding to the insight, not just to what you, you know, hear other stories, watch things. This is the real deal Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of fake, there's a lot of superficial things where people think they they know what a trafficker goes through. Mm -hmm. Someone who's been trafficked, but they but they don't. No. And th- that's why I'm thankful for you in, you in a in an amazing, deep way. So here you are now, currently. Mm-hmm. This is your ministry. Yes. This is this is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're going into the roughest places, the most dangerous. That's why we feel compelled to help equip you. Thank you. And to partner with you. But what would you tell people listening or watching this right now? How can they help? Because they're going to be moved, and they want to help. Practically, we talked about prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, should they sign up on an email list? Should they? Well, how does that work for people? To work directly with me. Mm-hmm. Um, they can find me on social media or uh, email me at sj at uh, stand, the number four, justice.org. Okay. And if you email me, we can connect and talk about how we can partner. Wonderful. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now, we've partnered with you, mm-hmm. and we're going to put your link on our website as Thank well. You. Now, I think as we close uh, our time together, uh, we would encourage people uh, to get in contact, stick with solid organizations like yours, you. uh, like ours, there's a few others that we trust and know and work with. And go to victimarts.com if you're listening or watching. Find out more. Get on our email list, and we will absolutely continue to introduce and uh, coordinate for people who want to help you directly to do that through your uh, website as well, social media. Okay, so there's two questions I like to ask. My guest, uh, the first one is more for promotional and understanding, but what is your perception of Eileen and myself? When you think of us, what do you think of? Um, I it, think about safety, mm-hmm. uh, strength, and um, people I can look up to for training and um, direction. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like God really called us to have 
mothers and fathers in a, fa in a faith that will be loving and then also here for discipline if I need to, you know, like in a way of directing me to the right path and also with authority. So like authority is scary for survival of trafficking, yeah. but you're a safe authority, the one that we need to be able to say, hey, okay, this is where I am at. I'm coming in front of you. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable because I know you want good for me. And I know you will also speak truth for me. Um, so, and, and just you both are amazing. Um, your wife is the most lovely woman and compassionate woman I know. Uh, and uh, yeah, I feel like you're giving me strength and hope to continue the work I do. I love it. And, you know, there's such kind words. And we feel the weight of responsibility. As God showed us a while back, we would be a spiritual mother and father to many. Mm -hmm. And um, we're, we feel privileged thank to be you. in that role for you. And we thank God for you. So last question is, we're all going to die. If Christ <laughs> doesn't come back, we're all going to die, right? Mm -hmm. What happens to you after you die? What do you believe? That I will go with God in heaven. And I have no idea what his plan is. Um, but I just know that I will be with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what do you base that on? The Bible. <laughs> the Bible? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if somebody's wondering for themselves, well, gosh, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen when I die, what would you tell them? Go to Jesus and seek him. The Bible says that if you search God with all your heart, he's going to reveal yourself to you. And that's available for anyone that search him. You don't have to be perfect. You can even doubt. I was doubting. Yeah, I yeah. said it twice. Yeah. And I was doubting, but he's strong enough to reveal himself. You just have to search don't give up. He will show up. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being on our program and sharing your heart and your life and your story is powerful. So thank everyone for tuning in, watching, listening. Uh, again, do the follow-up. Process this, but do the follow-up. Put your faith in action and uh, let's get it done. Hey, if you want to see the full interview with Sarah Jane, check out the website, victormarks.com. We've got it there for you. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.